All right. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How are we doing this morning? Blessed by the best. Come on. We are too blessed to be stressed. We're going to have an awesome, powerful Sunday today. The Word of God is going to be hot and fresh coming right at you. We're going to have a great time of praise and worship. And we get to see our brothers and sisters, our family. You picked a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. Good choice, man. It's the best choice you've made all week. There you go. Come on. All right. Well, we've got a lot going on over the coming time. It is, I mean, we just got rid of uh, Halloween yesterday. So here we come on in to the holiday season. And I've been playing some carols since about mid-June, but that's okay. You guys just, come on. The sweater came out. If it was 100 today, I'd be wearing a sweater. It's November. So anyway, uh, Katie's got some exciting announcements. Good stuff coming on. So listen up. You don't want to miss out on this. Amen. Well, who knows what important thing you're doing this week? Hallelujah. Thank you, Heather, for being being with it. So, yes, we're going to make sure that we vote because we have a voice and what we believe is important, right? What we believe is important. Then this Saturday, gentlemen, what is this Saturday? Oh, oh. Are any of you even going to come? It's men's meeting this Saturday. Lift men's. The gentlemen in the back are all about it. There will be donuts and drinks. You, ah, uh, yeah, now that there's donuts. There will be donuts and drinks, and they will be served to you. So we will be COVID safe with all of that and make sure that that's handled well. And then, ladies, my teens, and some of the women who were at the last women's meeting, what are we doing on November 13th? I have like one person, chocolate fest. We are having chocolate fest. We're having chocolate fest. So we need for you to bring something, your favorite chocolatey snack thing in an individually packaged thing, okay? So it cannot be something you prepared at home because we're following the rules for now. So thank you, Jesus, chocolate fest. And Miss P is going to be teaching on anxiety. So that is a super important topic and definitely something that Jesus has overcome and handled for us, right? So time to be free. Also, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday is our art show and recital for our homeschool co-op. So if you would like to come out and join us from 5 to 6 o'clock, we're going to have all of their art out, all of the things that they've made in sewing, and we will have some special songs for you. We have guitar and vocals, and they're, they're rocking it. When they're practicing upstairs in this upstairs room, you can hear them almost outside. It's pretty amazing. Also, um, we are making plans to still have our family Thanksgiving, our church family Thanksgiving. So we had several people who were like, no, this is, this is not okay. So we do want to cooperate with the guidelines and work that out. But we have made some phone calls and we are diligently working on it. So be in prayer with us that we're able to make that happen. And don't miss Sunday, November 22nd, because it will be church Thanksgiving. 
Amen. I'm, man, I'm excited about it. And uh, we're not going to miss out on the blessings of God, no matter what. Amen. God is still God. Amen. He's on the throne. He ain't running from nothing. And so we're going to have an awesome Christmas and Thanksgiving season this year. We're going to celebrate as a family. I encourage you, man, have a good one with your family too, right? You know, and they've left put out some guidelines for that. But anyway, you do what you want to do. We're going to party and have a good Thanksgiving at our house. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and have pastor come on up. Who knows what time it is now? Happy time. Did I, huh? Oh, I said, what time is it now? <laughs> Get some happy, man. Come on. Don't tell me you're happy like Hallelujah. that. So <clears throat> we are going to celebrate with our tithes and offerings. Amen. 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 If you need an envelope, hold up your hands. Us should be glad to serve you. And how many know that we're a Bible church? Yes. We teach the Word of God. How does, how does faith come into the heart of a believer? By hearing. By hearing what? The Word of God. Word of God. And when it comes to your money, you need to have faith in God to believe that God will take care of your family. Amen? And so I want to show you a couple of passages this morning to mix faith with your giving. Look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. How many are familiar with Hebrews 13, 8? says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that Jesus is the same past tense, future tense. At what time do we live in? Present tense. And so just as Jesus was in the old, as he'll be in the future, he is in the here and now where we live at. Amen. And, you know, I think about how good heaven is. There'll be no adversaries in heaven, no poverty in heaven, no sickness, no depression. Heaven's nothing but good. But we're on earth right now. We're not in heaven. We have enemies down here on the earth. We have natural things, and we have spiritual enemies. So if there's ever a time we need the blessing of God, it's in the now. And I'll tell you, there's, there's one area that, uh, that Satan can hurt the church from doing what God wants us to do. It's in our money. And so we need the blessing of God our money, and God has a lot to say about that. So Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. By the way, the book of Hebrews is about the present-day ministry of Jesus. Jesus didn't just get raised from the dead and go to heaven, and he's doing nothing now. Jesus is still ministering now for the body of Christ. And one of the things he does, verse 8 tells us, says, Here men that die receive tithes. I'm a man representing God on the earth to God's people, and I receive tithes for God from the people of God, but I'll die someday unless the rapture takes place first. Amen? And so here men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them. But there in heaven Jesus receives them, of whom it is witness that he, that he lives. Let me ask you this. If he's receiving, is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? If he's receiving something now, I'm going to be receiving your tithe for Jesus today, now. Last week we received tithes for Jesus. Next week we received tithes for Jesus. But we received tithes for Jesus today. Well, Jesus received tithes in the past. He'll receive them in the future. And Jesus is receiving tithes today. And so something that gives me faith when I pay tithes to God is this, that the church I know is just the clearinghouse where it's used on earth. But I can pray blessings over you, but I can't provide the blessings. Amen. And so Jesus 
in the Spirit, when you tithe by faith, it's like everything else we do for Jesus. None of us, I don't believe, have ever seen Jesus face to face yet. I know some people have had visitations where Jesus appeared to them, but I've never had Jesus appear to me where I've seen him face to face. And so I have to serve him by faith, not by sight, knowing that when I pray in the name of Jesus, that the Father and Jesus will answer my prayers. And so when I pay tithes to God in the name of Jesus, I do that by faith, knowing that I bring him into the church, but I know the Bible says he's receiving them. And so I want to look at Malachi chapter 3 now of what Jesus does for us as tithers. Malachi chapter 3, this is a passage that all serious Christians are familiar with. But to me, you know, I, I look out here at all the government people work for the government, the Marine base, uh, the fort and places like that, and other people that are in unions. How many people do we have in here that are in a union, ever work for a union, you have a contract? Wow, I thought we had a few union people. We got one? Wow, one union member in here. You union member? Oh, you're scratching your face. Okay. How many people are union members or ever been in a union? So you know what a contract is. And isn't it wonderful to know what's in the contract? It's nice to know in the contract there's certain things that the company expects out of you and then certain rights and obligations you have for them. And if either side violates, there's a contract to read to see, what, see, what, see what's right and what's not right. Well, the Bible's our contract that God made with us. We didn't write the contract, God did. And so the contract, God expects things out of us, but at the same time, God makes promises to us. And so in Malachi chapter 3, Jesus is the high priest of our new covenant, and he receives the tithes. But look at verse 10 in the contract. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, and the storehouse is a place where God has the spiritual food stored up for you, where God has the anointing for you and the place to come to serve God, that there may be meat or food in my house. How many here have ever got a good spiritual meal at this church? Amen. Well, you get a spiritual meal at this church because, because, because the ones God has feeding you are taken care of by tithes and offerings to be able to do what God wants us to do. And so God says, bring, bring the tithes in the storehouse. And then he says, prove me now. Here we set the Lord of hosts or the Lord of battles. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. Well, to open the windows of heaven means that God opens up the anointing on your life in a big way. God opens up his presence on your life in a big way. And to be led by the Spirit of God, it's nice to have the anointing on your life. To be able to, <clears throat> to see clearly direction in life, it's nice to have the anointing. And you don't have to be a tither to go to heaven, but to live on earth when you're a tither and God opens up the windows of heaven on your life. I like to look at it this way. Uh, back where I came from, back in the Midwest, we had a big river and we used to put our boats in the water, whatever, canoes, canoes uh, big inner tubes. And all we had to do was get in the water, and that current carried us. It didn't take any effort. The current carried us. All we had to do was guide and steer what we was going to do. And sometimes there would be uh, sandbars. Sometimes there would be big logs or stuff laying out there. And so we had to watch ahead and steer where we were going. But the channel of water, it carried us. The current carried us. That's what he's talking about here. 
when he pours out that blessing, it's not a one-time thing. Oh, I got a blessing today. It's a blessed lifestyle. And all you have to do is keep your eyes open. Did Jesus say, watch and pray? You keep your eyes open and he guides you. He carries you, but you got to do the steering. Amen. And so when you tithe, you get in the current. And the blessing of God's on you and pulling you. Then God says this. He said, prove me. <clears throat> I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And it shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time the field saith the Lord of hosts. God was talking to farmers. God was talking to people that grew crops, orchards, and the things that they grew. And God said, I will stop the insects and plagues from destroying your crops. You'll have your crops. Their crops was their income. Their crops was their paycheck. Their crops is what they had to have to be able to, to deal in commerce and things like that. And how many here depend on a paycheck? Amen. All of us do. We depend on something coming in. God said, I rebuke the devourer. He won't be able to steal your job. Amen. Somebody said, well, I lost a job once. Well, if you're a tither and you're in faith that God got you a better one, didn't he? Amen. He said, I rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he said, your vine will not cast its fruit before the time. And so it's one thing, you know, we got a really good pistachio orchard now. It's one thing to have a crop. It's another thing for it to stay on there till harvest time at a frost not to kill the crop out after it's going. And things to happen like that or storms to come and blow things away like that. And so what God said, he said, I'll make your stuff last longer. I'll make your equipment do better. Your stuff won't break down. I'll take care of it. My blessing will be on your stuff. You won't finally get that thing paid off and then it blow up. It's going to go and go and go and go. And so that's the blessings of tithing. That's why it's so wonderful to be able to give a tithe to Jesus every time God blesses you and say, Jesus, I want to thank you. It's a pleasure to serve you. It's a pleasure, Lord, to return to you 10% of what you've blessed me with. I'm so grateful, Lord, you're rebuking the devourer. I'm so grateful, Lord, your blessings on my life and on my family. Amen? And so that's why we do what we do. And so as we make our financial faith confession and bring our ties up to the altar, just always, always, always be grateful. And say a few words to Jesus all the way up here as you're coming up here if you're tithing, just thanking him for things he's done in your life and things you're believing for right now. Thank him that you know he's rebuking the devourer for your sake, even if you can't see it. Just thank him that you know that his blessings out there, even if you don't see it yet, it will show up. Amen? Amen. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises of bonus, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, Bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, as we bring up our offering, let's stand up and we're going to worship the Lord together. We're going to do something a little bit different today. I wanted to do more of a, an acoustic type worship, so let's all stand up and we're going to just sing and worship the Lord together.
Step out of the shadows. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild. And don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces. Grace is waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are. Into the fullness of His love. Oh, the Spirit is here. Let there be freedom. Let there be freedom. Bring all of the burden. All of the stars come back to communion, come back to the stars, run into wide open spaces. Grace is waiting for you, dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom, there is freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is. As you are into the fullness of his love. Oh, the Spirit is here. Let there be freedom. Let there be freedom. Chains will Shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lives made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Chains will fall, prisons shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lives made whole, hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. There's freedom in here today. Where the Spirit. 
Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to him for just a minute this morning. And Lord, we love you so much. We could never repay you for what you've done for us, God. But all we have to give is our lives, Lord. And you're not asking for anything more than that, but our all. And so, Lord, we give you our all this morning. We give you everything that we are. Lord, you gave everything that you are to us. You paid our price for our sins. We didn't deserve that. You did it for us anyway. Jesus, you brought us peace. You brought us hope. You brought us comfort. You brought us joy. You brought us salvation. You brought us healing for our bodies. We love you with everything that we are, Jesus. And we ask you to have your way today. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in this service. Say what you need to say, Lord. You don't have to tell us what we want to hear. We want you to tell us what we need to hear. We thank you, Lord. We don't want to stay the same. We want to get better. We want to change. If we're wrong, we want to know it. And we want to be more like you, Jesus. Speak the truth to us today, God, so we can be more and more like you. We love you and we thank you for all that you are all that you have already done and all that we still have in front of us, God. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise together today? Amen, amen, hallelujah. Well, you can go ahead and be seated this morning.
What a great time of worship, kind of doing the acoustic thing today and a little bit more of an intimate feeling. We're, uh, as we said earlier, getting into just that time of year, man, where families need to come together. We need to be together, uh, worshiping our Father, man. Who is God your Father, anybody? I mean, come on. Amen. All right. Jesus, your big brother. Yeah, he is. Amen. And you're surrounded by the family of God. What a beautiful time. Amen. Well, this morning, as, as I was really praying about uh, what to what to preach about this week, I, I was praying and searching and, 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 and asking God what needs to be said this week, because I don't like to just, you know, come up with something that sounds good. I want God to to say what needs to be said. I don't, I mean, I've got nothing good to tell you. I, you know, I, you don't want to come and hear what I have to say. You want to hear what the word of the Lord is for this week, for your life. And so I'm not interested in, in just putting something out there that sounds good. Every single time we ask God, what do people need to hear this week? And so I wasn't hearing much from God, but I just heard this one word, trust, trust. And so I'm like, well, what a, what a, I mean, yeah, trust everybody, everybody. I would ask anybody, do you trust God? And everybody would say, oh yeah, we trust God. We, we trust him. And, and the truth of the matter is a lot of times we are not really acting like we trust God. We're acting more like we trust all the bad news we hear, like we trust our past mistakes and sins. We've got more faith in their ability to hold us back than we do in God's ability to launch us into our future. And so trust is a powerful word. It may seem like kind of a, a, a word that we, you've heard your whole life, but one of the greatest compliments that I think anybody could pay to somebody else is to be able to honestly say, you know what, I trust you. You know, I heard this story and, you know, I was just reading stories about trust over the last few days. And, and way back in the day, way, way, way back in the day in England, this little girl, there was a rainy, nasty, stormy day out there. The streets were all muddy and nasty. And she was in a pretty dress and she wanted to get to the other side of this busy London street. And, 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 and people were like, well, what's she doing? What's she doing? So she finally picked this older gentleman out of the crowd and said, you know what? Can you help me across the street? And he's like, you don't know me. Why? And, and she's like, you know what? I trust you. And so he walked her across the street safely to the other side. And, 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 and he, the man was crying. And, and, and everyone's like, what's going on? Well, this man was one of the top politicians in the whole city. And he said that this was the greatest compliment he had ever received in his entire life. Kings had, kings had complimented him. Queens had complimented him. Heads of other states had complimented him. But he said, you know what? Somebody honestly saying, you know what? I trust you was one of the most powerful things that he had ever had spoken to him. And so a lot of times we say, Jesus, I trust you. Or, you know what? I, I, I trust God. But if we examine our lives and maybe anything and everything that you have faced this year or that you are currently facing right now, if you were to be totally honest, would you say, you know, I, I do, I trust, I'm trusting God with this. And I'll tell you now, if you're completely stressed out, if there's a situation in your life that is absolutely tearing you apart with anxiety and stress, guess what? You don't trust God in it. And I'll show you that in the Word in just a few minutes. But don't sit there and let, I, I, can't, even, I, I, I can't even sleep at night, and, and I'm so stressed out about this. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I trust God, though. No, you don't. <laughs> and so I'm going to show you a little bit of that in a minute. But, uh, you know, I, I heard this story, too. I, the great reformer Martin Luther, way back in the day, 
uh, he, he had fallen into a, a, a depression, and he had been just just depressed and down and blue for, for several days. Finally, on the third day, his wife comes down the stairs wearing a black funeral dress, and he's like, who died? And she goes, God. What? No, God can't die. Who? What are you talking about? God, 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 that's impossible. God didn't die. What are you doing? She's like, well, the way that you're acting right now, it seems like God must have died because you're so messed up right now. And sometimes we need to realize God's not dead. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it through this thing. Amen. God's not dead. Quit acting like he's dead and start acting like you serve a risen Savior that defeated the devil, that defeated sickness, that defeated everything that could come up against you. Quit acting like that. He's alive and he's on your side. And that's good news right there. Not only is he alive, he's on my side. Not only is he able to help, he's willing to help, and he wants to help. We need to start getting excited again. Amen? And so today we're going to look at three things that happen when I trust God. Three things that happen when I trust God. we got a PowerPoint up there, so let's toss that up on the screen. But three things that happen when I trust God. I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're coming to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, not in my name, not in the name of this church, not in the name of some politician. We're coming to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I'm asking you today, speak to us, Lord. Show us what we need to see. Tell us what we need to hear. Lord, if we're down, encourage us. Lord, whatever it is we're going through, I pray that you will have your way today and your word would come alive in our hearts and guide us every step. In the name of Jesus, somebody said amen. All right. So three things that happen when I trust God. Number one, when I trust him, God guides me. When I trust him, God guides me. Well, what if I don't trust him? Then you're not going to get much guidance because the guidance that he does give, you're not going to listen to. Do You go around listening to people that you don't trust. There's some people I flat out don't trust. If they tell me this is what you need to do with your money. Thank you. Duly noted. I'll do the exact opposite of what they said because I see how bad they are handling their own. I don't trust their financial advice or here's what you need to do for your health. You need to do this, this. I'm not going to listen to you. I don't trust you. And so if you really trust God, he's going to guide you and he's speaking to you all the time. The problem is most people aren't listening. He never says nothing to me. I don't ever hear nothing. He's speaking all the time, but you're not listening. Or maybe you're only picking out the pieces that you want to hear. Have you ever heard of selective hearing? Right? I've, 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 you know, some of us men, we've perhaps been accused of that. I, okay, don't raise your hand, but we know who you are. Okay, all right. okay, the dudes are going for it. The men are raising their hands. You're, you're tough guys. But listen, sometimes with God, we have some selective hearing. And, ooh, I love that verse. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And then you, you read the next page. Whoa. Come on, no, flip. Let me find something else better. Listen, God's speaking, but are you listening? Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3 this morning. Proverbs chapter 3. Who's excited to get into the Word of God? Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, we're going to have a lot of Proverbs today, man. I've just been eating up the book of Proverbs lately. This is some solid advice. Who loves Proverbs? 
King Solomon, the wisest man ever, according to Scripture. He was a wise man, and so it won't hurt your life at all if you listen to, to some wisdom from Solomon. So Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 6. Now, this is right up there with John three sixteen. I would say that this is one of the most well-known passages of Scripture in the entire Bible, okay? I mean, nearly every Christian knows John three sixteen. Uh, that's just... That's so foundational. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I would go out and say it's probably one of the other most well-known passages of Scripture. Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust, everybody say trust, in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Is there anybody you've ever needed a little direction for your path because you got lost along the way? I have. I mean, there's been times where I've been, hey, where, which way do I go now? I don't know where to go. Well, the good news is if I trust in the Lord, trust, say it again, trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not unto my own understanding. Do you realize how dangerous your understanding is? More good people have gone down as Christians by leaning on their own understanding than probably nearly anything else. Well, I know the scripture says this, but I just, I don't see it that way. Or, or I know it says this, but that's not my experience. When you begin to elevate your understanding over God's word, you are in a hot mess. We've all done it. We've all been there, but I'm telling you right now, if there's a portion of Scripture that it tells you to do something, well, I, I know it says, I just don't understand it, go ahead and obey it anyway. Go ahead and obey it anyway. Crucify your flesh, kill your pride, and, and, and sometimes pride is a big issue too. Well, I'm humble and proud of it. I don't know what you're talking about. Some of you got that. Anyway, so listen to me. Your pride, if you, if you can't say, admit to God Almighty that perhaps you're wrong, there are some deep-rooted issues that are going to hold you back in life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, all your ways, all your ways, every one of your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. When I trust in the Lord, he gives me the guidance I need when I don't know what to do. And there's a lot of times that I don't know what to do. And so God is going to guide you. He brings it through sermons, through church, through other Christians, through his word, through the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if you're so used to ignoring him when he tells you something that you don't like, you will miss God's guidance upon your life and end up shipwrecked. Now, I was talking to Brian Besser on Saturday. You guys know, well, no, it was Friday. Anyway, Brian, you guys know Brian? You love Brian? Brian's the best. And so, man, you, you gotta, if you've never done it, you've got to call Brian on the phone sometimes because as crazy as he is when he's preaching, he's the exact same way on the telephone. You call, praise God, Pastor Dave Samples, Barstow, California. <laughs> Come on. Like, dude. 
I mean, it's like 10 o'clock his time. But anyway, so he's all pumped up. What's God doing in Barstow? And I'm like, well, get a pen and paper, sit down, because we've had some good stuff going on in Barstow. And if you don't know it, you, somebody needs to tell you. We have had some great stuff going on this year, man. That youth group is filled to capacity. Kids getting saved every week. It's been on fire, man. This has been, I mean, we're closing out 2020 on a very high note, man. The best, man, best we've ever done. It's been absolutely fantastic. But Brian, way back last year, he came and visited in October, and he's like, you know what? It's weird. God told me to get my real estate license, and I'm like, really? He said, yeah, God just told me to get it. And, And at the time, his preaching schedule was booked and filled, and he was just rocking it man doing the best he's ever done but he's like so you know i'm gonna go go enroll in some real estate classes and get it because god said to i don't know why well he found out why because in march he was scheduled to come out here to our church and a bunch of others and actually the week that we unfortunately shut down for a little bit was that he was scheduled to be here that sunday we had to cancel on him and all these other churches canceled And if COVID has hit anybody hard, it's hit traveling ministers really hard because they can't go anywhere and preach right now. And so his income was just instantly, the bottom was pulled out. That week was the week that he started in real estate. And he has been selling houses in Branson, Missouri, just as fast as he lists them. He has sold so, he he told me how many, and I was shocked. I was like, you can sell that many in a year he sold it in seven months he has been on fire and he's never done this before in his life but listen the holy spirit gave him guidance one year ago gave him guidance five months in advance and because he actually trusts god he listened even when it didn't make any sense to the carnal christian to the lukewarm christian to the not trusting god christian God would have said something like that, and you never would have done it. You would have had this situation hit and been totally unprepared. And so instead of his income going down, it is skyrocketed even through the midst of it all. Because when I trust God, he guides me and tells me what to do. Somebody should give God some praise on that. What a powerful What a powerful advantage that you have over the rest of the world. You know, sometimes it it seems like it'd be nice to, if you had a, uh, you know, a a coach or someone giving you what to do in your ear. And, you know, sometimes football players are like that. Um, Just think of the advantage you have that you've got God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, telling you what to do. Speaking to your heart every day telling you about things to come, reminding you of scripture that you've already heard. You've got the best life coach ever, the Holy Spirit, telling you what to do, guiding your path, what an advantage you have over the rest of this world. That's the gospel. That's good news for you. And so let me show you this verse, Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28. Who's glad they came to church today? Proverbs chapter 28, and we're going to look at verse 25 here. But man, this one word, trust, such a simple word, such a basic word, but such a powerful word when we truly do it. So Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 25, it says, greed causes fighting. You ever notice that? 
mean, people will fight over the over money. They, greed causes fighting. That's not the point of what I'm making right now, though. So let's look at the next part. It says, trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Can somebody say that out loud with me? Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. And so, well, I don't, I don't know, man, if, if God wants me to, you know, that prosperity, the, the, the prosper, I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel right about that. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. That's what God's will is for you. If you trust him, he wants to bless you for it. Amen. If we trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding in all our ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths, and the path he directs you on isn't to the poorhouse. It's not to the homeless shelter unless you're going to be helping people out there, but it's not for you to stay there. Listen, the path that he has is to bless you and prosper you according to the scripture. And we could show you two dozen other scriptures right now. But when I trust God, God guides me. Number two, when I trust God, I have peace. When I trust God, I have peace. And peace is a beautiful, wonderful thing to have. And, and, and what the, there's a lot of reasons a lot of people, including Christians, don't have peace. But one reason is there's a false conception of what peace actually is. And I'll show you what Jesus said in a few minutes. But right now I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. Who really loves the peace of God? Man, it is priceless. There, you, could not, you can't buy it with money, yet it's free to every Christian that wants to have it. You can't pay for it, but you sure can get it as a free gift from God if you'll just simply do things his way. Isaiah chapter 26, and we're going to look at verses 3 through 4. And Isaiah 26 is a fabulous, wonderful, fantastic chapter of Scripture. In fact, if you were to look at verse 1, you'd see where we got part of the Barstow Faith Confession. It says, Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. And I love that portion of it. But Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who, say it with me, trust in you. That's a promise from God that he will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Man, I read those verses and that changes everything, man. If I'm having a rough time, these two verses alone are the catalyst that can absolutely change my perspective in life. He will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. That is a powerful thing. Now, notice it it doesn't say that God will keep in perfect peace all who identify as a Christian. They instantly have perfect peace. All who will commit to be a CEO Christian, Christmas and Easter only. Right? Listen, it says he will keep in perfect peace all who trust him in him this promise from god's word isn't just to any old buddy that says oh yeah i'd like that this applies to people that actually trust in 
God and actually trust in his word, he says he will keep them in perfect peace. I was talking to this one guy, and man, this is one of those guys that when he's up, he's up, and when he's down, he is down. And so this guy was telling me, you know, all his blues and problems and woe is me and man, it's bad. And I guarantee you, you don't know anybody that's got the problems I've got. I have got it worse than anybody. And I mean, you know, it's an ongoing nonstop. It's always this way with this guy. And so I'm like, man, trust God. I do. Don't insult me. I trust God. Oh, okay. Do you have perfect peace? Well, no. Then I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be rude. But the fact of the matter is this is If you don't have perfect peace, there's only one way that you don't have it. And that means you're not trusting God and your thoughts are not fixed on him. Whether you want to admit it or not, there is absolutely a 0% chance that if your thoughts are actually fixed on God and you're really genuinely, honestly, in your heart of hearts trusting him, you will have perfect peace. And so, I mean, it may have upset this guy, but don't sit there and tell me that my God's a liar because he's not. Don't have the audacity, don't have the pride enough to say, God, I did what you said, but you didn't keep your end of the deal. You're a liar. And that's what this dude was saying. And whether he realized it or not, but he says right here, if our thoughts are fixed on him and if we really trust in him, we're going to have peace in our life. And notice it's not just peace, but he called it perfect peace. We are promised perfect peace. Who would like to have perfect peace? I can tell you with all honesty in my life, without fear of contradiction, any time that I have kept my thoughts fixed on the word of God, I have perfect peace. The only way I don't is when I start getting my eyes off of God and his word and on to the problem. When I start taking my eyes off of the scriptures that I know, like this one, and start thinking about, yeah, I know it says that, but you know what you did in the past. You, you know. And one of the dangerous weapons of the enemy is to keep reminding you of your past and your failures and, and maybe not even sins, but like, man, shut up. Quit trying to fool people. You grew up poor. You've always been poor. You're going to stay poor. You were raised that way. Come on. Quit, who do you think you are? Man, you know that this runs in your family. Your grandpa had it. Your dad had it. Now you're going to have it. And Satan will keep you chained and tied up to something from your past. And you're just sitting there not going anywhere. And it's holding you back. I was reading that that to keep, you know, have you ever been to a circus? I've been to a circus. and, and, And you'll see, and I've seen it, that they've got these giant elephants tied with a little chain around their ankle, tied to a little stake that's hammered into the ground. And, you're, and, and, and really, when you look at that, you're like, what's going on? Well, how could that even possibly stop? And the truth is, that stake could not hold that giant elephant there. But here's what happens. When the elephant is just a baby, they begin, if they know it's going to be in the circus, they'll start chaining it to a little stake that's only 18 inches long. It, it, hammer that into the ground, chain him to it. And when he's little, he tugs and tugs against it. And, and after, after so many times, after a year of doing this, he realizes I can't ever get away from this thing. And so by the time he's several thousand pounds as an adult, he still has it in his mind. This thing can hold me here. I can't do anything as long as I'm chained to this. When the fact of the matter is that elephant could talk 
could pull an entire tree out of the ground by the roots, but you can keep it chained up with just a little 18-inch long stake that a grown man can just come and pull it right out of the ground himself. Because he's chained to the memories of his past when he couldn't do it, but he doesn't realize he's grown now. And some of you, there's things that Satan keeps beating you over the head with and, and, and convincing you of, but you've grown now. Well, maybe you have. I don't know. And some of you don't sound like you have right now. But listen, have you grown since you were first a Christian? Have you grown since last year? Have you grown since 20 years ago? Are you at least a little bit stronger? Come on. I'm telling you right now that you are not who you used to be. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You need to realize that you are not who you used to be unless you just still are and you've refused to trust God and let Jesus change your life. Then maybe you are the same. But if you're somebody that could say, you know what? I do trust God now. My heart and my mind is fixed on him. You're a new person and God can do things through you. You don't have to live in poverty anymore. You don't have to live with sickness anymore. Well, that's not how I see it. I don't care how you see it. The word of God says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you to be healthy. Psalm 107 says he sent his word and healed them. Matthew 8, 17 says he took our sickness and removed our disease. 1 Peter 2, 24 says that by his stripes, by his wounds, we have been healed. I refuse to live with sickness in my body. Cancer came. Leukemia came when I was three, but my parents refused to let it take me over, and leukemia left in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so I am telling you right now that you can trust him. He will guide you, and you will have peace. John chapter 14, let's flip over there. John chapter 14, we're going to look at verse 27. John chapter 14, this is the words of Jesus himself. John 14, who in here, you're going you're gonna to be honest and say, hey, I trust God. When you trust Jesus, you get a smile on your face, man, because you realize, you know what? Yeah, there's some problems going on right now, but Jesus is going to take care of it just like he always has every time before. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. You better bookmark that one and have it on speed dial. Listen, he is the same. He hasn't changed. What's he going to change to? He's already perfect. You can't improve upon perfection. And so John 14, verse 27, Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. The peace he gives is a gift the world cannot give. Now, Isaiah said there's a perfect peace, and Jesus said that he's going to give a peace of mind and heart, a gift that the world cannot give. And so if I put all this together, it makes me realize that there must be some sort of generic peace out there that people are chasing after there must be some false sense of peace that people are chasing 
after. Now, I'm good with a lot of generic products. I'm fine with that. But there's two things that I won't settle for. It's generic Oreos and generic peace. I want the real deal either way. Don't give me the fake stuff. All right. And so a lot of people, you know, they're they're, they're searching for peace and, and they think, well, you know what? I've got money in the account. I'm not in any immediate danger. I feel at peace right now. That you, you are looking at the surface level. You realize that you're a three-part being, right? And the part that you can see, your body, the natural, is really the least part of you that there is. And so when we think of peace, most of the world thinks of physical peace, natural peace. But Jesus said, no, I'm giving you something the world can't give. I'm giving you peace for your mind and for your heart. If you even realize how powerful that statement is right there, you'd be up out of your seat right now. He said, the world can't even give this to you. And so, so many people, Christians included, are ordering something from the world that they don't even have to give. Man, if I just found the right man, I'll tell you right now, I'd have peace. Come on. <laughs> Boy, she is a, she's a beauty. If I had her, I'd have all the peace. Man, if I just made more money, I'd finally. And so you're knocking and you're ordering something that they don't have to give because money can't buy peace. A beautiful lady, a handsome man cannot provide peace. A politician cannot provide peace. He said, I'm giving you something that the world cannot give to you. Peace for your mind, which is your soul, and peace for your heart, which is your spirit. So we're all looking for this surface level peace. And in the muddy waters of life, you may think that, well, the surface is calm, but you don't realize that underneath those muddy waters is an alligator. He's there. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to give you this surface level peace. I have a gift. It's peace of mind and heart. Don't even look to the world. They can't give it to you. Only I can give this to you. And so... When I trust God, he gives me perfect peace, a peace that's for my mind and my heart. And that's all that I need right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The New Living says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. When God's my shepherd, what else could I possibly need? Because he's my all in all. He's everything. He's the whole package, all in one thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Somebody should give God some praise this morning for that. Amen. Let's go ahead and look at number three. So number one, when I trust God, he guides me. Number two, he gives me peace. And number three, I am safe. I am safe. And there's a lot of people concerned about their safety these days for all sorts of reasons. But that's not one thing that I'm concerned about because when I trust God, he takes care of that for me. I'm not going to go do stupid and foolish things, but I have not lost one wink of sleep this year over any little thing because I trust God and he keeps me and my family and my church family safe. 
He's my shepherd. I, I don't lack anything. I've got everything I need because God's my shepherd. Let's look at this. Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. And so when we trust God, man, you, you got to realize that he is everything. We don't need to add to him. There's no, there's no add-ons. You know, he's not a, there's nothing to upgrade him to. He's already everything that you need. Proverbs chapter 29 and we're going to look at verse 25, Proverbs chapter 29, and we're going to look here at verse 25. And this is something that you've got to get a hold of. Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap. I'm going to say that again. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. Well, I, I mean, I, I know, but, you know, how, how, how can you, you can't just say that, that, you know, God's going to keep you safe from COVID. Trusting the Lord means safety. Well, you can't just assume things. Trusting the Lord means safety. Well, we've never seen anything like this before. Trusting the Lord means safety. When this is all over, only 99.998% of us will be left. Trusting the Lord means safety. Do you trust God today? Come on. Trusting the Lord means safety. I refuse to lose sleep. I refuse to get ulcers. I refuse to be afraid of anything that's going on in this world because trusting the Lord means safety. Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 says this. It's on the screen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I I trust him. He will deliver me from any trap. He will protect me from any disease. He is right there through it all. My God in him will I trust. Trust is a powerful, powerful, powerful word. It may seem so simple. It may not seem that deep, but if more of us did it, we would see a lot different results in our lives. Trust in the Lord. Look at Psalm 56 this morning. Psalm 56. Man, I'm getting all excited now. I'm feeling good. Trusting in the Lord. Some, I mean, if nobody else got blessed, I got blessed today just looking at some of these verses, man. Wow. Psalm 56. We're going to look at verses 3 through 4. And I encourage you, man, you need to be writing this stuff down. Take this with you throughout the week. Refresh yourself. Man, listen to the podcast. You can go online and watch the video all over again. But Psalm 56, verses 3 through 4. And this is a Psalm of David. So David wrote this. He says, but when I am afraid, what do I do? I will put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? So David said, when, when fear knocks on the door, when I'm afraid, when it tries to get into my life, I trust in God. Why should I be afraid? 
What can mere mortals do to me? And I'm telling you, there's so many people afraid of what mere mortals, what other human beings can do to you. Listen, I trust and 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 you may think people are after you. David lived most of his adult life on the run from entire armies, okay? Living in caves, eating God knows what. He lived a pretty rough life for quite a while before he made it to the palace. He was chased and hunted years and years and years and years and years by his own countrymen. He had a rough go at it for a very long time. And he said, you know what? What can mere mortals even do to me? I trust God in god he's my protector what are they going to do get through god i trust in him and so listen with everything that we've said today you need to realize that maybe if you're honest with yourself there could potentially be some areas where you haven't honestly been really genuinely for real actually trusting god in Now, that's not a put down on you or on me or anybody here, but if we were to just get real, because you can't change until you get real with it. You can't change until you finally get honest with yourself about some things. And if you want to see some things get better in your life, maybe it's time to say, you know what? I haven't been actually trusting God in that area, but today's the day, man. I'm going to be able to tell God, you're bigger than my problem. You're bigger than my past. You're bigger than this person over here. You're bigger than everything going on. I actually trust you. Why should I be afraid? No more fear. I trust in God. And when God's your father, when God's your daddy, you've got nothing to worry about. You can do anything. Final story for the day. Today's been story time with my Mr. Rogers sweater here. Story time, kids. Uh, Josh, you can come on up when you get ready to lead some worship. But listen to me. I was reading this story here about uh, these, this group of scientists. They were out studying flowers kind of on the side of this cliff. And this little boy was, was watching them. And they spotted a very rare, very super, really, really rare flower. And they're like, we've got to get to this. So this little boy comes up, what you doing? And, you know, like, well, we're, we found this blah, 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 blah flower right here. And, and you, know, hey, you know what, kid? We will pay you $300 if you would let us put this harness on you and let us lower you down there, get the flower, come back up, and, and we're going to, I mean, that's all you got to do. Just trust us. And he's like, give me a minute. I'll be right back. So the kid runs off and comes back with another man. And, and he's like, okay, put the harness on me. I'm going to go down now as long as this guy right here holds the rope. He's my father. I trust him. Now I'll do it for you. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people that I wouldn't trust to lower me down. I wouldn't trust their advice. I wouldn't trust them holding on to me. But I do trust my dad holding on to me because he's never let go. He's never dropped me. He's never let me down. He's been there every single time. And so I'm telling you right now, when God's your father, he's holding on to you and he's not letting go. Trust him today. Trust is a must. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. Amen. Who's been blessed with the word of God? Amen. We've seen a lot of scriptures today. and I pray that that spoke to your life. Now, we're going to go ahead and 
It's, we're going to take communion together this morning. I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to our, our internet friends there. We've got beautifully.